And so it begins. Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 25 explain to us what Jesus' ministry was. The fact that Jesus came shining, lighting the way for those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. Matthew chapter 4 tells us Jesus begins the rescue mission. Welcome to Rise and Shine, the weekly podcast where we take bite-sized portions of the scriptures. We examine what God is saying to us, make some practical and relevant application to our lives, and if we do it right, we'll become better people. Today, I want to look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 25. I want to examine the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. What did he do? What can we emulate? Jesus came into a world to rescue people from sin. People who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. He came to rescue them from that. To pull them out of it. To bring reconciliation to God by calling people to repent. This is what Jesus did. And he did it without fear or favor, regardless of friend or foe. He just spoke the absolute, complete, objective truth and wisdom of God in the spirit of love and humility. And that's what I want to do. I want to be like Him. And to be like Him, I need to watch Him. And so, as I look at Matthew chapter 4, I see a perfect example of what our ministry, of what the ministry of a preacher, the ministry of a Christian should be. First thing I want to notice, there's four different things, I should say. Four different things. We're going to look at Jesus fulfilling the prophecy, number one. We're going to see how he moves about. That's going to be verses 12 through 16. We're going to look at his message, verse 17. We're going to look at this group of men that he gathers together and what he wants to make them into, verses 18 through 22. And then see how he went about doing his work, verses 23 through 25. So, let's start with this, verse 12 through 16. Now, when Jesus heard that John was put in prison, he departed to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum. And so obviously it was the occasion of John being thrown in prison that Jesus is going to leave the city or the village. It was a rather small village of Nazareth where he grew up. And now he's going to move northward near the Sea of Galilee in a village of Capernaum, kind of his adopted city. He would spend a lot of time in this area. He was going to work in this region. And we find here in verse 13, Leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. There's a reason for that. And he tells us in verse 14, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. 
people who sat in darkness saw a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. First thing, Jesus fulfilled yet another prophecy to you and I. That might not be a big deal. I don't know what that means to you. But I know the target audience of Matthew. Matthew was a Jewish man, and he was writing to primarily a Jewish audience. Prophecy was a big deal. When we look at the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, it is telling us one portion of the story, and that is Jesus is coming. And it's filled with the prophecies telling us that Jesus is coming. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say, Jesus is here, just like the Old Testament said He would come. Acts to Revelation, Jesus has gone back to heaven, but He will return, and we need to prepare for that final day of judgment. And so as Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience, it would mean a lot to them that the prophecies are being fulfilled. As a matter of fact, Jesus frequently challenged his Jewish friends and the Jewish elites. Matter of fact, it says in John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus explicitly says, search the scriptures. When he says that, he means look at the old, what we call the Old Testament. Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. You go back to the Old Testament and all that stuff, is going to tell you that I'm coming, and I, what I'm saying right now is I'm standing in front of you. So go ahead and search those scriptures. I'm standing right here. You will see all the prophecies that I have fulfilled. What you have here in Matthew chapter 4 is just Matthew, a Jewish man speaking to a Jewish audience, saying here is yet another prophecy that this man who claims to be the Christ has fulfilled. Just more evidence that this is the coming Messiah. And we should turn from our ways and begin to follow Him. Another thing, there's a new day. There's a new sheriff in town. Jesus has come and those who sat in darkness saw this great light. For those who are in the shadow of death, light has dawned. Jesus has come to change things dramatically. He's come to usher in the kingdom and to bring light and to bring reconciliation between man and God and to fix what was broken and to heal those who were sick physically and spiritually. It truly has, or truly is, a, a new day. And so this, this beginning here in Matthew chapter 4 is, Jesus has come just as He was promised, and He's come to fix things and to usher in this new way. The light truly has dawned. Second thing I want to notice when we are contemplating and thinking about Jesus on this rescue mission is the message that He brought. That's verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This has been the message of God since the prophets and before. This is the message 
of Jesus. It's the message of the apostles. It's the message today, a message that needs to be preached more frequently and more fervently to call on humanity who is often running from God or hiding from God and sweeping their sins under the rug and acting like time will just make it go away. No one calls on folks to repent anymore. They worry about preachers and fire and brimstone. But Jesus had this message, and so I have this message. Consider your spiritual station in life. If there are sins in your life that need to be addressed, repent today before it's too late. If you're holding on to grudges, or should I say, withholding forgiveness, repent today. Address those spiritual needs today. Heed the message of Jesus. Repent. Turn around. You're heading in the wrong direction. Why did Jesus call on this audience to repent? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven was right there at the threshold. Jesus is beginning this three-year ministry at which, at the end of which he will be on a cross. He will die, go to a grave, and rise the third day. And that will begin the kingdom. The kingdom over which he will reign as king. At the end of this very book in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, he says, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. The jurisdiction of this king, Jesus, is heaven and earth. This is the area over which he reigns. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And He reigns over His kingdom. We would do well to examine ourselves and to repent, to heed this call of Jesus and enter in to the kingdom over which Jesus reigns as the King of kings. That's His message. He's not going to force you, but He is going to call you. What will your response be? Number three, not just the Master's movement, not just the Master's message, but now, verse 18 through 22, the Master's men. We're going to have to have some people who are going to have to learn this message. It's at the end of this book, after the resurrection, He's going to send His people out, and to this day, He's going to send His people out to preach the gospel to every living creature. He's going to call on His people to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then to teach them to observe all things. Once they've made their way into the kingdom by being immersed in the water, covered in the blood of Jesus, having the remission of sins, and placed in the kingdom of Christ, the body of Christ, then He says in Matthew 28, 20, teach them. To observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. It's going to be up to people to call people by the gospel. Call on them to repent. Help them enter the kingdom of Christ. Let the Lord do the adding to the church, to the kingdom. Acts 2.41 And once they're there, it's going to be up to people to teach. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. It's going to take people to get that done. 
It's the very reason I have this podcast. It's the very reason I stand in the pulpit on Sunday. It's the very reason that I have classes throughout the week. It's the very reason that I pray for my neighbors and I try to reach out to them and bring them to Christ. I try to point them in the direction of Christ because this is our job. He's gathering these people because there's going to come a time he's going to hand this off to them. And they hand it off to the next generation and next generation and so on, right down to you and I. But he's got to gather his people. Verse 18, Now Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. This is their trade. This is their work. This is what they do for their jobs and to supply uh, for for the village and for their family and for their friends. These guys, by trade and profession, are fishermen. This is what they do. But Jesus is calling them to a new task, to a new vocation. And he's going to put them in the apprenticeship, verse 19. He said to these young men, to these fishermen, who had this successful business, he said, follow me. I want you to Leave this business behind and leave this little village behind. I want you to follow me and enter into this apprenticeship program and watch what I do. Learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Learn from me on how I look at people, whether they are Samaritans or Jews, whether they are Gentiles and have a checkered past. I want you to follow me. And watch how I talk to people. Watch how I treat people. Watch how I do this work. Follow me, he says in verse 19, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to create you. I will make you. I like Mark's version. Mark says, I'm going to make you to become. That tells me when Jesus called them to this, they were at a stage in their life that they were not ready to be evangelistic. They were not ready to go fish for men. That's why he said, follow me. And through this process, through this journey, I'm going to make you to become something that you're not right now. To me, that's kind of thrilling. To me, that's how I'm looking at this text. I want to follow Jesus. And I want him to teach me how to fish for men. And that's what he's calling on these guys to do. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, then immediately they left their nets. Immediately. You see that? Immediately, verse 20, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother, or his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. There's commitment. There's conviction. And that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take now. That's what it was going to take then to follow Jesus in a Roman world, to follow Jesus now in a world that seems to be growing in hostility towards religion, towards Christianity. It's going to take commitment. It's not for fair-weather friends. It's not for the faint of heart. 
it's not for the weak to call on people who are currently hostile towards Christ, living lifestyles that are impure and idolatrous, and you're going to call on them to repent? That is not for the faint of heart. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take conviction that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God and that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But these first four had it. They were leaving family behind. They were leaving work behind. They were leaving the creature comforts of their home village behind to go begin this journey of following Jesus. The Master needs some men with commitment and conviction to bring this message of hope to a world that is hopeless, this message of love that is filled with hate, this message of light to people who are mostly sitting in the corruption and darkness of sin, whose hearts are as black as coal, and that their sins, that their souls are covered in sins. The Master's going to need some men who are committed and convicted that this is the true message, the good message of hope. And so he's going, we just need to follow him and let him teach us to be fishers of men that we can carry on his ministry and bring in reconciliation and repentance to humanity. Number four, let's watch what he does, verse 23 through 25. Let's just sit back and watch the master work. What does he do? How does he treat people? Verse 23. Now Jesus went about all Galilee. Number one, teaching in their synagogues. Number two, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Number three, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. That's what he did. He went about teaching, he went about preaching, he went about healing. Now, I personally believe that the supernatural activities that were once found in the life of Jesus and the first century church, I believe those days have ceased. I don't believe that there are people who have the supernatural gift of healing people. If that were true, I can name a lot of people right now who have children that are very sick, loved ones who have passed on that others would love to see. I believe the supernatural activity of that, that gift that was once upon a time given to humanity, those days have ceased, but that's for another day. What then can we learn from this? I believe that as a Christian, I can touch the lives of people who are sick. Now, maybe I can't heal them, but I can sit with them, I can pray with them, I can encourage them, I can do things to help them, I can do things to bear their burdens. I can show them the light and love of Christ through my words and actions. I can perhaps touch their lives by way of kindness and encouragement. I know that as I follow Jesus that I can teach 
sit down, open the scriptures, and have a conversation, a dialogue, a two-way conversation with people about the truth of the gospel. I know that I can stand in the pulpit on Sunday and proclaim, preach, and herald and the, the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom of Christ. I can lift up Jesus and hide in the shadow of the cross and point people to Jesus. I can preach the revealed Holy Spirit's word. I can call on people to repent and be reconciled to the Father. As I sit back and watch the Master work, these are the things I watch Him do. I see Him teach. I see Him preach. I see Him healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. I too can be among the people preaching and teaching and disseminating light and love, reflecting light and love through my words and my deeds and being more like Christ. As I sit back and continue to watch him, verse 24, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed and epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. His fame began to grow because of the gracious words from his teaching and preaching and his kind acts among the people. Living in a Roman world that was ruled by an iron fist and dominance and conquering, here is a man full of love and compassion and pity, and that each human being has value and worth. And most people in this list who are kept at arm's length and left outside of normal village life, Jesus dwelt among them, lived among them. He would touch the lepers. He would have compassion on those who were demon-possessed and lived tormented lives. And those who were sick, he healed them. He had compassion and love towards them. I can do the same thing. Maybe I can't heal them. I can't fix them physically or mentally or emotionally, but I can bear their burdens and I can show them love and light and pity and compassion. I can do things that might encourage them and help them. But at the end of the day, here's the point. Jesus was out among the people. And there he taught, and there he preached. And that can be us. As I sit back and I watch the Master, I see that I need to be out among the people, preaching, teaching, showing love and kindness and compassion and mercy and grace. And so as we bring this episode to a close and summarize kind of where we've been in these last few weeks, we see that our God took on flesh as He was born of a virgin named Mary. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. We see that the reaction of people in Matthew chapter 2 is mixed. People like Herod and those who are in control 
are threatened by him. And yet in that same chapter, we find that wise men sought him. And to this day, wise men seek him and worship him. Matthew chapter 2. We see that Jesus as a young man knew who he was and what his purpose in life was. Luke 2 verses 44 through 46. He visited the temple. He astonished the doctors and teachers of the law with his understanding of the scriptures. We find that at age 30, he went to the river Jordan and was baptized by John to obey the commands of heaven and to fulfill all righteousness from heaven. Matthew 3, verse 15 through 17. Then we watched him led out into the wilderness where his faith and where his identity was going to be tried and go through a fiery trial by Satan himself. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. And what we're watching now, this brings it uh, us up to this current moment where we watch him begin his earthly ministry and begin this work that he was sent to do. And that work is to call people to repent, to bring reconciliation between man and God, to invite people into the kingdom of Christ where they can become new creatures in Jesus Christ and to be followers of Jesus, the only one in whom we have any hope the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We have this invitation to enter this kingdom through Christ. This is the Master's work. This is our work until the end of time, calling on people to repent, to bring reconciliation between God and man by the preaching of Jesus to be among the people, teaching, preaching, and letting the light and love and life of Jesus shine through us. That was His work. That's our work. That's why I do what I do. So, that's it for now. Remember, if you would, please subscribe, like, share this podcast until next time my friends until next time